0: Uh, hello to the audience, uh, those who don't know me, I am uh, Anup Sheshadri, I am the uh, product director at RouteSpring, and uh, we solve problems in the corporate travel management uh, space. And today I'm joined by Craig, uh, he is six times uh, founder, is that right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. We're yeah, so,
0: yeah. Um, so he has a tech background and he has uh, grown up to become a growth expert. And he has a wide portfolio of achievements and I don't want to undermine that. So I'll let him speak to himself. Uh, uh, Craig, first of all, thank you very much for joining in uh, with me for this talk on product leadership in 2021
1: yeah. and uh, all over to you. Hey, well, thank you so much for having me on today. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess my, my quick background is, uh, I studied information management in college mostly because I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do. So I figured <laughs> after switching majors a bunch, uh, information management seemed general enough where I could kind of get my hands in a bunch of different things and and try a bunch of different things to see where I wanted to go as a career. When I got out of college, um, I started like a little design and web development shop and then quickly realized um, that I, I wanted to do something a little bit bigger. So I became a, uh, a software engineer for about five years or so. Um, I never was a, an amazing software engineer, but and I knew that I was not keeping up with my, um, with my peers in terms of my ability to mm-hmm. stay on top of kind of the hard technology, but I was good enough to make a, a decent living at it. And, and it really provided the foundation um, for me that led to future stints in, in product development roles and in product leadership roles. And, uh, and so I always kind of focused on the business case and the marketing case of why we build things. Um, And from there, my journey took me through um, a couple stints with startups. I spun up my own product consulting agency, um, grew that for about three years, and then moved to a bigger company where I ran the creative side of a, of a large organization, just building bigger and bigger um, enterprise level websites, apps, application, and really doing a lot of hands-on product strategy, yeah. and then fully went into startup mode. And so I um, I worked with or consulted for uh, another half dozen or so startups, early stage growth startups, moved to the <laughs> Bay Area, uh, did a couple stints out there, went through a couple accelerator programs, and and then made a move back to the DC area to run growth at Upside Travel, which really was my second stint, I guess, into much more of a pure marketing role. Whereas before I was much more on the, on the harder technology side as well as the product management side. Moved from there into a, a CPO role at Sandbox, which is a military tech startup. Um, and, uh, and through that have come out and, and emerged with this uh, with this membership community that I've built of growth product and startup people where I run six week courses and these deep dive programs on how to become better at growth how to become better at product management uh, I try to distill a lot of the learnings that I've had a lot of the you know a lot of the failures and some of the wins along the way into these programs uh, and that's been going really really well so I bring founders in for six weeks at a time and uh, and, and they come out with a bunch of skills that um, maybe would have taken them quite a bit longer to 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 realize out in the world, and, and, and that's kind of uh, what I've been up to as of late. So it's been this kind of really windy, up and down, uh, <laughs> circuitous, in some ways, path, yeah. but uh, but here we are.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's a great story. I think uh, I, uh, I'm definitely going to drive that passion for the products and growth from you. <laughs> that's great. That's great to hear. And I, I definitely see that you are part of multiple organizations even right now. So uh, uh, before we kind of dive deep into the growth aspects that you just mentioned, I would like to know like how you are ma- able to manage these uh, priorities across uh, multiple projects and uh, how do you navigate through this?
1: Yeah, it's funny because I, I really try not to multitask, um, but I, I have a, a pretty good ability to Um, to apply dedicated focus to different areas. And and that's basically how I'm approaching a lot of my day-to-day right now. Um, And it kind of continues to evolve. But yeah, I think if even looking back three years, five years, 10 years, I've always had some passion project that I've been working on. Um, And and sometimes those have become real startups. and, And in probably more cases than that, they've just become, what we refer now to is side hustles, but I've always felt strongly that you need something other than just the the thing that you're doing every day to continuously learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I apply most of my um, mental energy. You, you really can only apply it to one or two things at any given time, and and that's where I focus. And in addition to having a family, um, yeah, I've got my role at Sandbox, and I've got these courses that I'm I'm running and in, in this community that I'm building. And uh, what it means is that there's much more integration from a work and life balance standpoint. And there's uh, weekend days where I'll I'll pull hours to kind of make up time in in one area or another, but so far so good. Um, I think the real challenge, regardless of like the number of things that you're working on or or what you're doing, even if you're in a particular role in an organization is uh, distractions will just completely crush your day. Uh, meetings will, will crush your day and distractions will crush your day. And so what I've found over the course of, again, just a lot of ups and downs with this and and some failures along, even how I manage my own time is that I tend to like to go really, really heads down, um, in a very undistractable, uh, you know, work sprint with whatever I'm doing. And, um, and when I'm able to do that and kind of channel all the energy into, uh, My goal at that time, then I can be a lot more productive. And so that includes turning off the phone, not having social media up, turning off notifications, making sure that I have enough space in my life to be able to to provide for that dedicated burst of energy that I'm going to apply to some particular problem. And, And I found that that's a really good way to split it up, especially as all of us are here working from home. You know, I've got um, one of my kids is homeschooling right now. My wife is teaching him and everything's a little bit crazy, right? Just find (laughs) the focus area and just dig in.
0: That's true. That's true. Yeah. There are so many distractions if you really uh, cannot, if you're not able to manage it. And with the technology, I think everyone wants to pick your time. Uh, So it's uh great to know how you kind of turn off the notifications and keep yourself focused uh and uh great great that's a uh good way to remain focused and a good advice on managing the multiple projects as well uh now i uh, you mentioned about uh, growth and uh, providing courses on that uh can you talk a little bit more about it and uh, uh considering that the audience, most of the audience would be product leaders, product managers who are now working remotely and maybe they have some opportunities uh, for these things and uh, what exactly you do there?
1: Yeah, so let me explain, I guess, what, I, what I'm doing with these programs, and then I'll back up and explain why I, how I got here. So in a nutshell, what I offer are, um, are training programs for mostly for startup founders and, and kind of early employees who are in um, growth stage startups? So generally, about fifty of them, fifty percent of them have raised money. Fifty percent haven't raised money. Many of them are planning to raise money, and they're all in this spot where they're trying to get more traction for their idea and and grow their startup. And what I found prior to starting these programs was um, I had a couple hundred conversations actually with founders um, of startups and, and, and having been a multiple time founder myself, I understood what many of the different pain points were kind of post building the product, right? So you, so you build the product, you're a product manager, you come in, you get your job done, you build this great product, but really that's the starting point for your organization. And what I had seen was that two things, number one, many startups built something and expected people to, to come to it and, and experience value, but they didn't know how to get started. And two, the advice that they were getting on how to actually approach that often just was not correct, right? I, I would see advice that would say, well, just go spend all your money on, um, on hiring people to write content. And you know, you don't want to spend money on paid acquisition, or you want to spend all your money on paid acquisition. You want to do radio ads. None of it's a one size fits all. And what I realized after talking to so many founders, and, and by the way, I do this through the growth and mentor platform. So I had I've had over, I think, 150 conversations on that alone. Usually they're quicker calls where founders come in with questions. But then just experiencing the the kind of the network effect of doing that plus advising and doing a little bit of investing with startups and just talking to founders all the time was that really there wasn't a framework. For founders specifically, mm-hmm. around how to grow their startup, and right. I try to I try to blend a marketing role and a marketing function, which is how do you get customers into your product? How do you, um, you know, how do you get your awareness out there more? How do you get in front of more people with the product aspect, which is how do you attach value to the user coming through? How do you keep them sticking around? in uh, your your core product metrics. And, and, and actually, like when I when I kick off these programs, a lot of what I focus on is how we actually approach product development. And, and I like to start with the basics. And, and the way I generally think about this stuff is that a lot of us have a, a concept in our head of, of of what we want to do when we build something. And so we build it yeah. and we put it out there. And then we're surprised when, Maybe the feedback isn't as positive as we thought it was going to be, but we just spent six months building. So I like to take this integrative approach where you've got a concept, call it your core product backlog, but then you've got data that you're capturing from experiments and marketing uh, campaigns that you're running to try to get some traction in different areas so that you're Mm -hmm. actually getting the product in front of real users uh, as early as possible. And it's the intersection of those two things where I think the magic happens in a pre-product market fit startup. And even when you get into growth mode, when you apply this holistic view of a product backlog and you ensure that you're building the right feature for the right audience at the right time, that's right. where you really um, have lightning in a bottle. And, and the fastest growing companies figure out that the way they build product is actually a little bit different than, than your legacy business, right? Where they're really right. betting that culture of growth into their product org
0: right yeah that's very true like even in our company like uh we, we are also a startup right i mean uh, in the corporate travel management space like as we grow we see the challenges on what framework to apply how to prioritize certain features so, because there we can digress to a completely different direction and uh, it it might may not it may not make sense in the yeah. in the growth of the company so it's uh pretty tricky on how to prioritize certain things and how to manage the backlog and make sure that the users are staying put with uh, what they want and what we provide them That's great
1: yeah and i think yeah. like you know so the, the growth role is interesting there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of chatter right now like on linkedin and other social channels about what is a growth team what does a growth team do i was just on a um like a, i'm in this like mastermind Community with um, very very high level marketers and, and product mm-hmm. managers, and we had this heated debate on, on even is a, is the growth role obsolete or is it just emerging? And there's kind of multiple ways to look at it. And, and the general consensus is that growth is something that all startups need, and it's a role that really needs to be cross functional. And uh, right. and it's and, and it's interesting because I I think that. The case studies that you look at with the Ubers and the fast-growing um, Silicon Valley-based startups—and is there some globally, but it's mostly mostly that—is um, really a focus on these autonomous growth teams. But that doesn't really work for everybody either. So we're in this we're in this transition, I think, between the the silosation between product and marketing. I think they're they're starting to blend together right. more, and they need to. Right. And that's what excites me about being at this intersection where I've got this background in product management and I've got the experience with marketing. And I think the role of the growth product manager is actually one of the more fascinating roles that's emerging because you really get to dabble in both sides of that business. You kind of have to have your fingers in everything.
0: Yep, I agree. Yeah, it's a sales marketing and technology as well as customer service to make sure that product is functioning right uh, what feedback we get and kind of improve from there. Uh, now coming to the current times, like, uh, 2020 has been challenging for everyone and, uh, product management role, especially, uh, it's, it's a team activity. It's not a solo job, you know, I mean, uh, you have to interact with so many functional people, uh, to get the product decisions, right. Um, From your uh, experience in this growth university, like how has been your journey in 2020 and uh, what steps are you taking for 2021?
1: Yeah, so I think in a lot of ways the, so I had always intended for my growth programs to be accessible to anybody globally. So I actually firmly believe that there needs to be more entrepreneurship, not less. More democratization of uh, the learnings that go into building a startup, and and I think what's interesting too is that you see the rise of like the no code movement, for example, which is right. is really enabling non technical people to build stuff and build subscriptions and get it out there. and I, And I'm just blown away by some of the amazing stuff non technical people are putting out there, and, and it really is kind of democratizing, kind of who gets to do what, right? Which is awesome. Right. The the interesting. So, so I think that was already happening with COVID hitting, I think people have lost some of that sense of community, which is, which I think in some ways the the pandemic has acted as a, as an accelerator for cohort based communities, more membership communities where there's mm-hmm. groups of people getting together, not just within an organization, but people lost the ability to go out and hang out with friends after work or socialize or go to like, games and do all the things that they, that they wanted to do or they want to do yeah. and they have more time. And, and yep. I think what is it, what, it, what it has accelerated is both the desire and the need as well as the opportunity for these cohorts to come together. So how does that relate to the product management space? I think, Product managers in general have to put their arms around a lot of stuff and, and basically figure out ways to get the team to communicate better, to put better products out there, to be the glue that kind of holds everything together. I think in the, in the industry in general, you're seeing it within organizations where PMs and, and founders are, are trying to figure out how to navigate this, this kind of new world order where there's probably going to be much more of a shift to remote work. We're already seeing that a lot of offices have closed their office. I think that's going to continue to accelerate. I think there's going to be more flexibility in the workspace, which is going to open up more potential for side hustles and side gigs and things like that, more entrepreneurship in general. And then, um, you know, so outside of the organization, I think what it means is that your, your product team, especially if, if you've got engineering teams kind of like reporting up and through product teams or, or into the engineering departments, you're gonna to have to figure out more ways to keep folks engaged um, yep. who are doing the work, right? Because they, they feel this void with things that they're not able to participate in right now. And there's all these other opportunities that have emerged to go do other things. So what does it all mean? I actually think that it means that Product managers in general have an opportunity to step up their game and be really great communicators and to really tie together different parts of the organization to facilitate more communication and building better stuff and building that community within the organization. I don't think it's their role solely to own that, but I think they're going to be big contributors. And then I think we're going to navigate what this means for your product leaders and your engineers who, who are interested in doing other things and have some time. What does that mean? I think it's going to change the company culture a little bit as we move forward, as people get a little bit more entrepreneurial focused um, and and they decide, you know what, I've got an extra two hours a day that I'm not commuting. I'm going to go contribute to some other project or I'm going to go learn something else uh, or I'm going to start my own side hustle. And I think we all have to navigate that together. But I, I do think that the product role is, is kind of at the intersection of all of that.
0: Right, right. Yeah, so in in terms of like decision making from a leadership perspective in this scenario, uh, now the teams are mostly working from home remotely and uh, the the communication you said that uh, the in-person communication is different and then remote communications is a lot different. So in terms of like from leadership perspective, how do you see is uh, the things are changing on how we make decisions and uh, how to make better decisions
1: yeah i mean i think i think it's challenging and it also presents an opportunity so one of the concerns that that i've always had with with kind of like the office culture and and decision making in organizations is if you if you have any kind of hybrid model mm-hmm. where not everybody's reporting into the same place, for example, there's a, there's an element of like missing out the rest of the team is kind of missing out on what the executives are talking about or kind of what the planning process. So I think it's, there's even more onus now on um, executive teams, leadership teams to make sure that the communication side has been ritualized to a point where people feel like they're in the loop. I think interestingly as well, while I think there's challenges with that kind of hybrid and and we'll see where, where it goes with the hybrid office remote culture, I, I do think that you you basically had a situation where almost every company in this in this kind of like you know, service sector, product sector was forced to go remote. And so the communication was forced to go online. Right. And in, yeah. in a, yeah. certainly not every company is getting this right, but what that did do was that basically leveled the playing field um, and, uh, and and I think presents opportunities for leadership teams and product leadership teams to standardize the, the communication processes uh, across the org in a fully remote scenario that works for everybody, right? So, so at Sandbox, what we figured out is we do kind of a ritualized every Monday morning, we'll do a company-wide all hands. Right, mm-hmm. where we're communicating the high level goals and the vision and the numbers and all that right. stuff. And then individual teams generally will have weekly meetings um, where we're doing a deep dive in, in some of the subject matters where, where we're working. And then there's a lot of, a lot more asynchronous communication happening. Uh, people have different schedules. There's people juggling pickups and drop-offs with kids. There's people with kids at home. There's, um, you know, folks who are in a, in a small place and you know, you and your spouse or you and your roommate are both working and only one could be on the phone at the same time. So, so, so it's been really, really challenging from, from one angle, but on the other angle, I think it's, it's actually made it um, in some ways easier because everybody is remote and everybody's in the same boat. And so it forces Mm -hmm. your hand in terms of stepping up your game to be a better Communicator, I think the tooling um, is important. So like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what communication platforms are you using? Uh, I think documentation and knowledge sharing becomes mm-hmm. more important. So y- having transparent access into platforms like Notion or Confluence, if you're using that, or Google Docs, it means that everybody can kind of see what's going on mm-hmm. uh, and, um, I don't know so i feel i feel optimistic as challenging as it's been i think that yeah. it has forced us to in in some ways become better communicators overall
0: yeah that's a wonderful take on how you see this uh, as a communication improvement opportunity and level playing field as you called it it's a good way to look at it <laughs> wonderful perspective thank you for that uh, you. so in in uh, in general, like uh, the, uh, in the audience, I'm sure there are many entrepreneurs, uh, many product leaders, and upcoming product managers as well. So, what advice do you give them? How they should look ahead for 2021, considering what we went through in 2020, how they can navigate that path uh, to growth?
1: Yeah, so product managers, kind of in their in their you know in their roles, I think have an opportunity to ask more questions and to learn more. There's never been a time that I've seen that has had more of an explosion of really great content. There's a lot of garbage out there, but there's a lot of really great content that we can all learn from. There's course platforming. There's stuff that folks like me are doing. There's lots of really smart people doing cohort-based courses. There's newsletters that have popped up about how to become a better product manager. There's uh, on-demand content that you can take. There's virtual summits and events happening. There's interviews like this. So I think in general, my takeaway and my guidance to maybe kind of mid-level product managers is soak it all in. Enjoy the fact that you're probably in a situation right now where not everything is ideal, but you might have a little bit of space and time to go pursue both some of your own personal interests as well as some of your professional interests and everything is available online now. So sign up for things, right? Take the course, sign up for the newsletter, read the content, listen to what somebody has to say, get on podcasts, just learn, 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 ask questions. I just don't think that there's been a better time to bring that curiosity to the role. Um, People have space and time to do that right now. They're not sitting in traffic, right? People are, you know, it's a different type of stress, I think, that a lot of people are feeling. But um, one aspect of stress has gone away around like you know, that, that proximity and, and the logistics of just getting into the office every day. So I think if you're a product manager, soak it all in. There's never been a better time to consume high-quality content that's going to help you become a better person in your role. And, and perhaps set a goal for yourself to do some of your own thought leadership and give back to this community that you're that you're receiving value from. And, and, you know, I got my start doing that with just by doing mentorship calls with people. So I've mm-hmm. always had trusted mentors and advisors whom I go to, to ask advice right. and ask questions. And then I got on the other side of it and I try to do three or four of these calls a week where I just talk to founders and, and answer questions and help guide them along the way. Do that stuff, you know, be the mentee or the mentor, but get out there and talk to people. Um, You'll feel less isolated and it'll force you to um, step up your game.
0: Yeah, nice, nice. I think, yeah, that's a wonderful advice. People need to make the best of this opportunity. People have less distractions from where we started off, uh, the traffic and drive and commute and then uh, whatnot. So there are less distractions considering the times, Uh, however stressful I think they can, we should take the opportunity to uh, learn something new and uh, kind of drive from there. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I,
1: I think that's, that's the right way to look at it. You know, there's, um, there, there's entire industries that have been disruptive disrupted and, and there's been a lot of um, unfortunate outcomes, but, yeah. but on, the, on the other side of that is, I mean, even some of these conferences that have shut down there's been this emergence of um, just these platforms where you can go now and and just consume. And yeah, so I, I, that's what I'm really um, optimistic about, I think, as we look at 2021. I think that's actually changed our behavior a little bit. I think uh, the the curious aspect of, of what product managers do and their intellectual curiosity, I think has always been there. I think it's been accelerated in 2020. It will continue through 2021. and I, And I think, I like to hope that, we've forever been changed on a positive side because of that, um, where we are able to go and, and just learn um, and do more of that.
0: Right. And uh, through this, I think tech products have gained more, uh, more traction uh, to solve many problems digitally. So uh, I I believe this is a great opportunity for tech managers uh, to kind of step up. Absolutely. (laughs) Right. Yeah. All right, Craig. I think uh, it was a wonderful conversation with you. Thank you for joining this talk. And uh, we learned a lot from you. You're so welcome. Uh, and yes. you have a great story.
1: Thank yeah, you. really, really appreciate you having me on today. Thank you so much.